0: My, all my moons are in alignment. Mercury is... Again, You, you dropped this, queen. Rise here's your, it, oh, I think here's you're your crown. crown. <laughs> it's my turn. It's my turn today to entertain you, to regale you. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to just story. sit
1: here and sweat and oh. just generally uh, enjoy this ice-cold wine that I have... I was gonna say. You have a bottle of lovely wine in front of you. My my second glass, because lizards, I just punched my
0: first glass over and it went fucking everywhere. Sometimes we're just that mad. Sometimes <laughs> we're so mad we just well, gotta punch our wine.
1: Whenever I like accidentally knock something over, it's never like a gentle, like lover's touch. It is always like <laughs> oh, full touch. it is a full force. Didn't know it was there, stubbing your toe, like, full. Like, it's never just, like, I know it's close, but hopefully I don't hit it. It's always just, like, whoopow. pow I am now mm. drinking a glass of Folly of the Beast Chardonnay, which is not... Love it. It's not settling, but I would have preferred to have finished my last glass Understood. of Summer Water Rosé, both to Wink Wines. Not a sponsor yet, but they do Lovely. keep liking our posts on Instagram. They do,
0: so... Are you listening, Wink? Wink, hello? Are you listening?
1: Hello, we love you. Um, Hello. We will continue to sing your praises without money, but we will sing your praises way better and with like
0: way more in depth
1: tasting notes, et cetera, Mm -hmm. if you were to say. Kick a few dollars our way. That's right. Um, and call to action, lizards. If Wink can like our posts, so can you. So please follow please. us on Instagram at Wine Times Pod. It's a fun. We're time. a good follow. We're a good follow. We're fun. Um, sometimes oh, we yeah. share fun stories, and sometimes we can say, "Hey, what do you want to hear?" And you can have a direct input into the stories we cover, which I don't believe is today. I believe this is a an mm. Mm-hmm. Find and I'm and then very, find a special interest story. Very excited. Oh, and just to be more explicit, uh, it's just really hot in Seattle, you guys. That's why I'm sweating. I'm not like sweating because of like a hormonal test or <laughs> I was about to is
0: say I was literally I was literally about to say testicular. <laughs> nice. Hey, Katie. Is it hot in Seattle? It is so hot. Yeah, it is because you're there. Oh, oh, hey, girl, hey. <gasps> had to
1: explain to some folks uh lots of places in seattle don't have air conditioning so when we have heat waves it's just a sweaty situation which so my i my my office is not closed because i need what little
0: yeah you need some airflow yeah
1: and um before she is
0: wearing clothes as she told me as (laughs) as i logged on she is wearing clothes so everybody just so you know
1: like all you can see are
0: straps. So I just wanted to be clear that there was like a tank top. There's like I, the I can go outside in it a You look, whole, a look own own your beautiful body. If you if you wanted to do this naked, I would support you. But <laughs> It's just between you, me, and our NSA agent. Um
1: That's right. Yeah. Oh so, but before we get started,
0: you're Katie. I am Katie, and you are I- MM. And this is... The Wine Times Mysteries podcast, where... Uh, oh, bi-coastal we... besties drink wine and talk about mysteries. Yeah, and
1: and bond and generally hand oh, each other uh-huh. invisible
0: crowns and
1: uh, talk about our Animal Crossing islands. I have a phoenix now, oh, you guys.
0: What?
1: Yeah. What? The, the, I assume she's a phoenix because she's a very colorful, colorful bird, and her house on the inside is all the magma print stuff, and she has like like tiki torches and a bonfire. So cool. Yeah, her name is Phoebe.
0: <laughs> Phoebe the Phoenix. I love it. One of my villagers today just told me that she she wants to leave. And you know what? I don't hold people down in relationships <laughs> once I've gotten their photos and they want to leave. You know, she, if you want to go explore spread your wings and fly, you beautiful creature. So, I'm on the hunt. I'm on the hunt for a new villager. It takes gotcha. it's a process. It takes time, but Can't make it take too much time, because then you end up with a fucking Vlad on your hands, and nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. Also, listeners, uh, just as a disclaimer, I am two cocktails deep. I had uh, two mango basil Moscow mules, which were delicious highly recommended by the waiter and they were fantastic
1: those sound like fancy drinks for fancies is what that sounds like it's probably in a Uh, fancy cup uh, like one of those copper situations
0: it was actually uh a little bit more hipster than that and it was in a mason jar so so you could see the (laughs) like the cool colors mango and the muddled mint i see yes or basil you You understand you understand oh yes oh yes so it was wonderful
1: I'm so excited for this story today. Um, if at any point I get up, it's just to dry off the back of my knees. Uh, that's right. I'm a catch. This why are why am it's I true. single? I am just a sweat huh. fountain.
0: <laughs> you are you are a functioning human who sweats. If you weren't sweating, uh, we'd all be concerned.
1: Per my 23andMe, I am also German and British, which are a sweaty people. A sweaty
0: people, yeah. Okay, right. so are so you excited. ready? You got I'm, your you got your
1: glass of I got my wine. At Wink wine. Okay, uh, I'm holding on to my butt, which I, now one of my what is one is the greeting one of my uh, car- villagers does say to me every oh, time they nice. see me, and my, I'm ready my ready to newest
0: go. Gr- my newest greeting is equal pay. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then it started catching on, and they're all saying it, which is fantastic. Okay, yes. okay. So this is a story of. Apecos Jane Doe, also known in real life as jo Lane Hemmy. So, I the story takes place in Texas, which is one of the reasons why I chose it, because there's this wonderful Texas Monthly article that goes into a lot of detail about this case. Texas Monthly is a fantastic publication, and they have some really good, helpful articles. There's also a couple of other articles that we'll put in the reference um, from Forward Star-Telegram, Oxygen also has a really interesting article on this. It was in the news around January of 2021. Oh, wow. So recently, I hadn't heard about it until I went on the hunt looking for an interesting story. I I battled with myself about how best to tell the story to you and the rest of our lizards because it's like, do you start... At the mysterious point, and work our way backwards and figure it out, or do we start at the very beginning? It's a very good place to start. So I decided yes, we go in chronological order. Okay, so, here we go. Um, but as just a quick question,
1: so yes, is it was in the news in 2021? Is that like mm-hmm. similar to the love is one case where it was a little bit earlier, but there was an update? Or oh, was this is actually
0: all... the action in this story. The actual mystery took place in the 60s. Oh,
1: okay, okay, part okay. Of
0: the mis Part of the mystery was solved officially in January 2021. Part of this is still a mystery. Oh, okay, yeah. I love it. I love it. Dun, dun, so done, done, done. T- taking it on down to Pecos, Texas, which is in far west Texas. So I'm going to – I have a map here for you, Katie, because I know – that you have problems so not with the Texas pan geography, handle? okay? The so actual put, pan? No, this isn't in the panhandle. But I knew if I even tried to describe it to you that you were going to have issues. So here, let me. I have not just issues, but I have, honestly, I did driving directions between two different <laughs> locations just so you could have an I idea. It. I love it. Okay, let me find this for you.
1: Listen, I grew up in a small state. Amongst many small states, your big state is weird to me. The fact that I live in a big state now, and there are things that are like, you know, four or five hours away, and I can still be in the same state is odd.
0: Can you see this? I
1: see where New Mexico is.
0: Okay, so there's El Paso. Okay. This is the border between Texas and New Mexico.
1: Okay, so it's right up on there.
0: There's Pecos. So if it is, it's in the corner El-
1: where it turns where the state goes upward.
0: Kind of, yes. It's in the corner. (laughs) So if you think about Texas, there's one right angle. Yeah. Okay. Where it meets New Mexico. Pecos is close to that. That right angle. That right angle. Okay.
1: I really hope they have nerd things there like, I was 90 degrees in Pecos.
0: If they don't, I think we found your calling.
1: (laughs) That's a free one for you, Peco. Pecos. (laughs) Pecos. Pe- Pecos, Pecos, like pe- like Pecos. Not Bill. not
0: not Waco. Pecos. Not Waco. Waco is closer to Dallas and in North Texas, and this is West Texas. So so West Texas is pretty much desert. It's okay. arid, pretty yeah, scrubland. I mean,
1: you're getting out there by New Mexico and Arizona.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so we are going to start off by talking about this young woman whose name was Jo Lane and she. Did not grow up in Pecos. She actually grew up in Salina, Kansas on a farm. And she was one of 15 children. She was the ninth of 15 children that were born to... I'm going to try and say this right. I am so sorry if I don't. I believe her mother's name is pronounced Elverda. Okay. And, And Richard Hemi. And they lived on this farm and it seemed like for most of her childhood growing up regular farm life where the kids and everyone they get up early, they do a bunch of farm chores and then the kids go to school and on the weekends they would spend a lot of their time at a nearby lake. I'm probably going to say this wrong too, it starts with a k. Canopolis Lake, although many members of the family including Joe Lane could not swim. Keep that tucked in the back of your mind.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a Chekhov's fact right there. Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so, Jolaine's sister, Rosemary, who is the oldest daughter of the group, remembers Jolaine as being this really nice, quiet girl who was pretty shy and would prefer to read when company came over. She would just grab a book and go to her room and read rather than socialize, which I was like, yes, I, I connect with this. I understand. nerds, nerds, nerds! nerds. Yeah. <laughs> As far as Rosemary knew, she never had a boyfriend in high school, at least none that she ever talked about or that she knew of. And she graduated from Selena High School in May of 1966. And after she graduated, she moved to Kansas City, where her two closest sisters were already living. And these sisters were Joyce and Carolyn. And they only lived a few minutes apart from each other in separate houses in Kansas City. So Jolaine split her time between the two houses and she started working a couple of different waitressing jobs at different restaurants. And she told her sister, Joyce, that she was working and saving her money. And she was either going to buy a house or go to school. But ultimately, her goal was to become a secretary. So farm girl graduates from high school, goes to the big city where she has some family and is making her way. Making my way downtown, walking
1: fast, faces passing, I'm homebound. She's got some goals. I love it. Get a girl.
0: Get a girl. A working girl in the '60s. Kind of love it. You know, turn around,
1: toss up your hat, just as a giving. (laughs) um, If you like me, um, don't have concept of like the stretch of time. Kind -hmm. of like how we talked about last week, where it's like, oh, if you're in the 1900s, like you and I were talking talking about, like, oh, there's ghosts in your blood. Do
0: cocaine about it. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: So this was in 1966. Uh, My parents got married in 1969.
0: Same, same z's. Hey, so it's like, uh-huh.
1: so i just, I'm like, that, that like gives me, so, so lizards, if I'm in my late-ish 30s, you know, you can think of like this, it, sometimes the 60s feel like a long time ago, they're not that long ago.
0: Right. Yeah. I also like think about them in terms of Beatles albums sometimes, <laughs> like which phase of the Beatles were we in? Okay, like, had they fair gone fair. full Ashram at that point? Not quite, but they were like on their way. Gotcha. So... Sometime during that summer of 1966, Jolaine met an older man while she was working as a waitress, Mm -hmm. and they started dating. So none of the siblings or her friends can remember his name now, but her sister Joyce met him a few times and said he was probably about 10 years older than Jolaine and that he didn't treat her very well. Now, keep in mind, this might have been her very first boyfriend, right? And she's kind of living out on her own for the first time and working and... Meeting a lot of people going from the farm to the big city, and she meets this guy. Uh, Joyce said, You know, he really wasn't that nice to her, and she picked up on the fact that he was pretty controlling towards Ugh. Jolaine. So, Joyce, being the kick ass big sister that she was, was like, Look, you need to find somebody else because he really doesn't treat you very well. And, Jolaine hell yeah, said, Joyce, right? And then jo- Jolaine, of course, said, Well, but I, but she really liked him. And Joyce said, well, he doesn't treat you well. She said, well, that's probably because I don't do exactly what he wants. To which I say, run, girl. You in danger, girl. You
1: in danger, girl. And like, clearly she in danger, girl, because we're talking
0: about her on this program. Yes, unfortunately. But
1: uh, I do want to get in my why are
0: men? Why are men? Right. And I feel, you know, Katie, we should, this is a good idea. We should also include in the show notes, like, some sort of a 1-800 number to some, like, kind of crisis support yep. line for people who On need it. help with these things. But also, if you think about it, again, she had just graduated from high school. Yep. She was she was 17. I was real dumb when I was 17. I probably would have been like, but he so, loves me. Right? Like, oh, my life. This is, I found the love. <laughs> yep, yep. So, um, Friday, July 1st of 1966, Jolaine went to her sister Joyce's house to see if Joyce wanted to join (laughs) everyone. Katie just very dramatically took a paper (laughs) towel off a roll of paper towels and is now dabbing her face with it. Um, Okay, so Jolaine went to Joyce's house and asked Joyce if she wanted to join. There's a lot of J's in this sentence. Mm -hmm. If Joyce wanted to join Jolaine, her boyfriend, and another girl to go see a movie. And Joyce said, thanks, but no, uh, I actually already have plans with my boyfriend. We're going to go fishing. So that night, Jolaine did not go back home to either of her sister's houses, and she didn't come home for the next couple of days. So eventually, Joyce and her other sister, Carolyn, hit the streets in Kansas City. They went to each of the places where she worked. They talked to her friends. They talked to the police. And they also learned somehow that her boyfriend was also missing. And when they went to her places of work, they found out that she hadn't picked up her last paychecks. So they're very concerned at this point, so they go to the police station to file a missing persons report. And the police said she probably just ran off with her boyfriend.
1: Right I know, now I know.
0: Flames I give to the, the, the side of my face. A double deuce.
1: Like, oh, oh thought, my god. I thought you were going to
0: say zero out of, out of ten zero stars, out of, but no. Zero out, of,
1: zero out of ten stars, do not recommend. I feel like um, a double
0: deuce is like a negative two on a scale of one to ten. Double deuce. Double deuce. Of course, there's other ways to give somebody the finger. Oh, check it out. Behind the back.
1: Oh, around the world. And my personal favorite. The
0: double deuce.
1: Uh, God, they always, like, they probably they do just this. ran off. Da, da, and, like, look, I'm sure they have seen cases, but, like, run that shit down for the one out of whatever, however many cases Right, where... and then what?
0: If she pops up and you go, oh, we were so silly. Here like, she is. Like, verify. Trust yeah. but verify. Trust but verify. An interesting development occurs when Joyce receives a postcard that was marked July 3rd from Las Vegas, Nevada, that had written on it, Joyce, comma, well, I got lost. See you in a couple weeks, maybe. Joe. Yeah. What the actual fuck? So Joyce is, of course, immediately suspicious because, number one, this was not written in her handwriting.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Number Whenever
1: one. fucking murderer, like, did this. <laughs> like, just Oh, right. it gets better.
0: It gets better. Number two, her sister didn't go by Joe oh my god it was just like "Mm -hmm." so if if you ever receive
1: anything from me signed Catherine, you know some shits up you know if you say you hear well i got lost three if it's a postcard and not a text i don't fucking send postcards get
0: lost and go to las vegas and also or is that supposed to be a joke like i don't i don't really get it
1: but like i got lost
0: and went to like get married I feel like I would really know, like, your crisis language would actually be signing your name with an I-E. That's our, that's our, that's That's our. That's it. Yep. That's it. Got you. And,
1: and, um, what's, what's yours?
0: You, you mentioned papaya. Oh, yeah. Just mentioned papaya. Well, found some papaya in Las Vegas. (gasps) Holy shit. Call the police. National Guard! (laughs) This is our code! Gotta have that down. So, I love that Joyce was automatically suspicious of this. Fantastic. Joyce, is ba- Joyce is a bad bee. I love her. She is. At the same time, Jolene's mother received a letter that had a similar script to it. And she received this at her home, and so she showed it to all the kids. And they all agreed that there's no way Jolene wrote that. It wasn't her handwriting. It's not the way she talked. She didn't sign her name, Joe. And the mom got so mad after they had this conversation, and she just, like, tore up the letter and threw it away. She was like, "Mm
1: mm-mm, evidence, whatever.
0: It was 1966 on a farm. Do you think they really knew? I don't know. That's fair. So the family kept looking for her, and they hired a private investigator, but unfortunately they could only afford to keep the private investigator for a couple of months, and they just thought about her. It's really sad for basically the rest of their lives. Um... Jolaine's mom, Alverda, passed away in 2000. And her father died in 2010, and he was 101
1: wow. when he died.
0: And the article said it's just obviously greatly affected them the rest of their lives. And the mom on her deathbed said, you know, she was happy she was going to at least get to go see Jolaine again. Oh, so the mom thinks she's gone. Right. Well, especially that that many at, years later. Yeah. And that one of the other children recalled shortly before their father died being on the front porch with him talking and he just kind of stared off in space and was like, whatever happened? What do you think happened to her? You know, just like still obviously loving and missing their daughter. It's so sad. So, you have this poor family in Kansas who had a gorgeous young daughter who disappeared shortly after she graduated from school. Um, She was absolutely gorgeous. She kind of had a little bit of an Audrey Hepburn vibe going on, what? like the dark hair and eyes, and just kind of that like ingenue face, like kind of soft but serious kind of looking like, face. Like She's Amelie. User. Amelie. What was that? It's what right to the Amelie from, from the, the film. movie Amelie. Amelie. Because she it's just, just walks not around. The an impression you just. It's about a young girl. Hello, I am Amelie. Who <laughs> can only say her own name. I cook an egg with a spoon. <laughs> Oh <laughs> maybe. Okay, so now we're we're going to shift gears just a little bit. Now we're going back to nineteen sixty-six to July fifth, nineteen sixty-six, to be exact, and we are in pecos Texas. Okay. So we're now we're gonna talk about a girl named Sandy Moore, who was fifteen years old from Clovis, New Mexico. And she would spend summers with her grandparents in Pecos, Texas, where they owned and operated a motel called the Roper Motel. She the sounds Roper,
1: like, like I'm roping a steer? Yes. Okay.
0: It, yes, exactly. Like I <laughs> okay. am roping a steer. So she sounds like an all around awesome girl who's willing to pitch in and like, help out. so she would wait tables in the little cafe they had in the motel. She would clean rooms there. She would check people into the hotel and work in the office. Uh, and it a relatively small town. At the time, they only had 16,000 people, but that was actually at the peak of their population because it was a town that was really centered on oil and gas production. So at that time, I think they were having an oil boom, so there were more people in town. And they would have a lot of people in and out of the motel who were there either as, as truck drivers or people who were coming into town to do things for the oil business. <clears throat> so on July fifth, nineteen 1966, a married couple checked in To the motel under the names Mr. and Mrs. Russell. I am definitely not saying this correct. B A T T U O N. I want to say Baton, but is it Batoon? It could be Batoon. Okay, fine. I'm going to sound like an idiot, but Mr. and Mrs. Russell Batoon.
1: I mean, we could go super sci
0: fi with it and be like Batuon. Batuon? Well, then I was like, is it like. Is it like the the royal's name, like the 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 house of Windsor Batten Batten Windsor,
1: <laughs> or like where it's Gloucestershire and it's Gloucester, like yeah. <laughs> and if you think we're in like the Southwest, I'm like let's not make it fancy, right? And like that's no offense to the Southwest, but it's just sort of like it's like how Look, people I'm say my, la- my my last name's a common noun, and people add weird accents to it all the time. So I can only imagine what people do with this. So like let's bat- Batten. Let's just,
0: we'll say Batten. Okay. That everyone, you can at me. That's fine. If your last name is Batten,
1: We're spelling it in case you have information.
0: Okay. Yes. So this is the name they checked in under. And she saw them that day at the pool at the motel. She had really dark hair. And like, she said she had kind of an olive complexion. And she was wearing this bright red swimsuit, which really stood out. So she was like, she was just absolutely gorgeous. And her husband was about 10 years older than her. And he had interesting. He had a blonde crew cut and she was she was laying out by the pool drinking a soda and he was drinking a beer. No big deal. And the other day, but she particularly noticed the couple. So about three hours later, another motel employee came running into the office where Sandy was working, and she was obviously distraught, but English was also not her first language, so she couldn't really understand what this other employee was saying. So she followed her back out to the pool where she saw Mrs. Batten at the bottom of the 12-foot pool. So Sandy, again, being this awesome, amazing girl, dives into the pool to try to bring her up, but she couldn't do it on her own, so she tried a couple of times, and then another motel guest saw her and dove in with her, and they both together brought her up to the surface. While they waited for an ambulance, Sandy starts performing CPR on her, even though she wasn't responsive. Okay. She is 15.
1: Sandy is a bad bee as well. Sandy and Joyce can be in Bad Bee Club. Yes. They're so awesome.
0: Sandy needs to teach a class or at least right. write a book. I would read the book, but I would really hope she would teach a class and just how to be an all-around amazing human being. And like and it, not it be a better.
1: bystander. Yeah, oh like, my god. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh so while Sandy is 15-year-old Sandy is performing CPR on this unresponsive motel guest, another motel employee goes up to the hotel room that the batons are staying in and found Mr. Batten taking a nap. And so they wake him up and they're like, there's there's been an accident. He, you know, obviously need to get to the pool. By the time he gets to the pool, Mrs. Batten was on her way to the hospital in the ambulance. So he needs to get to the hospital. So before he goes to the hospital, he goes to Sandy and he says I need you to get our registration card for the hotel so I can take it with me to the hospital because they're going to need identification for me at the hospital so they can I can show them that we're married so I can check in on her and how she's doing there.
1: He doesn't have any other...
0: I know that was what I thought too, but again, there's been a lot of stuff going on and Sandy just saw this woman in the bottom of a pool, pulled her up, and has been doing CPR oh. on her no right? shade ball
1: on sandy but just more like a, oh i know hey russell why why is why, that the why, only... why i know
0: it's weird but again it's a sixty. so i'm thinking when they signed in it was probably almost like a log book kind of a thing where mm-hmm. you wrote in right your names and your address okay, and all okay. that jazz right so she gives it to him and then he gets in the car and leaves he never shows up at the hospital Oh, there's a big surprise! That's an incredible. I think I'm gonna have a heart attack and die from that surprise.
1: Kel, surprise! I you knew look, I was being evil. You an look a-hole super surprised
0: right now. I knew I she, was like questioning him for a reason. Mrs. Batten was pronounced dead when she got to the hospital, and the sheriff issued a "be on the lookout" for Russell Batten, but. Without the hotel identification card, they didn't have any of the information about his car or the license plate on the car. Oh, no. So they didn't they didn't know what to tell anybody to look out for except for a blonde guy and a crew cut. So then they go back to the hotel room to see what they could find, if there's any other information there. But the only thing in the entire room that was left was uh a blouse, a bra, and a pair of shorts that were Mrs. Batten's. So they were really without any additional information about who, who this person is, how to contact her husband. And the only Russell Batten that they could find evidence of in the United States at that time was an active duty Marine that was stationed at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And they're like, well, he's obviously not stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina because his ass is in Pecos, Texas. So what the hell is going on? Now, when she had arrived at the hospital, someone noticed handwriting on the sole of her right foot. Get this. So someone had used a pen on her right foot and written two words. The first word was Joe, J-O-E, not Joe like was signed on the letters, which letters to her sister and her mother had been spelled Joe, J-O. Right, because Joanne. And also, in all caps, the second word that was written was LEAN, L-E-A-N. Now, her family pronounced her name Jolaine, not Jolene. And that was also not the way it was spelled. Right. It right, was right, spelled right. L-A-I-N-E, and L-E-A-N was written on her foot. So, they were like, well, did she, did she write this on her foot? Like, what... What is good? Is this like a, an actual clue or something else going on? Um, was Joe the name of the guy that she was traveling with?
1: Like, or, obviously, like, it's not Russell, whoever,
0: right? And then they're like, well, was it like a combination of name, like a couple name, like Brangelina? Oh, god, <laughs> or Benifer, right? And I, then just
1: quick aside, even though this is a mind blowing thing, can we believe they're back together?
0: Oh my god, I know.
1: I mean, I mean, she can she can get it. She can do whatever the fuck she wants.
0: Look, she is she's she is a goddamn queen and a treasure. I'm just surprised she wants him.
1: I mean, I, I forget what tweet it was, and if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. It might have been Michelle Collins, um, who is just like now that he's banging J Lo, didn't he just
0: get like a thing? 1000 percent hotter like, Oh, overnight? i mean definitely he <laughs> he looks hotter just st- the closer he stands to her his hotness goes up it's just like an
1: aura like a jlo oh, glow yeah. oh, and yeah. like even with his ridiculous awful back tattoo oh, oh. my god i mean like, i don't
0: know who can leave jennifer garner and i don't actually remember the story like maybe she left him cuz he was being so awful i don't remember i think I think it was a like she was just like I'm done with this because he was awful. Awful, right? Her,
1: her whole thing was if he's paying attention to you, it feels like the warmth of the sun, but mm. if he's
0: not paying attention to you, it's like shitty. And J Lo's probably like, look, if you're here, you will worship the ground I walk on, and if you because, are not, goodbye. Because I'm fucking J Lo. Also, it seems like she still has a really good relationship with Mark Antony. Too. Oh, yeah, because like, then they
1: were having lunch. I was just like, "Queen, Queen dropped her crown. She dropped this. Here you and go." And like their
0: body language all looked good too. Like it, just, they didn't look like they were right because they have the kids. Big, so I feel yeah. like
1: they they have this great relationship. So I'm just like, "Queen, well, is not always queen. true,
0: though. It's not of course, always true." So like, course. wait, wait for to go for them, and you know, if Ben makes her happy good for her.
1: She deserves whatever she wants. And that's if that right. is Ben-ass Phoenix Affleck then there you go. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Queen.
1: Anyway, sorry to derail.
0: No, no, no. The, so I, cannot get over
1: this, I cannot get over this foot pen yes. situation. It's very, very colony weird. of Roanoke like, where it's like yes. What, yes. Is, what was on, cra- carved on the tree? Like Croatoan? And you're yeah. just like, the fuck? Uh-huh. Like it's very like, what does this mean? I love it. Except for well, the also also thinking, awful. Like
0: I uh, I am I am right-handed. Yeah. So if I were going to write on the bottoms of one of my feet, it would be my left foot when you think about it. Right? If I'm going to write on my right foot, like I could do it, but it's just more it's just more awkward. Um but also just remember her name was Jo Lane spelled J O L A I N E and her foot had two separate words, not one word, two separate words. Jo, J O E, second word, all caps. Lean. L-E-A-N. Weird. Just weird. weird. So, Pecos, Texas was small enough they didn't have their own medical examiner in the 60s. So, she was sent to Odessa, Texas, which is the nearest bigger town with a medical Mm -hmm. examiner for an examination. The only thing they really noted was that there was this really small red abrasion about the size of a quarter above her cheekbone, but they couldn't tell if that happened before she died or if if that was a result of when like they were hitting. struggling to bring her up out of the pool, if maybe she right. they had hit her head on the side of the pool. The medical examiner ended up citing accidental drowning as the cause of her death. And her body was sent back to a funeral home in Pecos, where they embalmed her and they just kept her in the back in a parlor for several weeks, thinking that someone would come by, like she would she would be missed. Because they could tell this is someone who's obviously taken care of um, and that she must have more family somewhere. So, they just kept her in the back thinking, well, someone's going to come by. Um, but she just wasn't identified. And for several weeks and months, they were receiving letters from families as far away as Illinois and Kentucky that thought that this could be a missing member of their family. But she was never identified positively as belonging to any of these families. Ugh. So, everyone in the town was so moved by this that they basically adopted her oh. and the funeral home donated a casket there was a clothing store that donated a blue polka dot dress which i thought was just absolutely precious for her to wear and some of the other parents who's, who had missing children that this was not their missing child uh donated funds to pay for a tombstone oh. for her which really like made me tear up and the tombstone just says uh unknown girl Drowned, july 5th 1966 and then, oh, it gets, oh, there's more, Katie. Just wait, get the get that roll of paper towels. There you go. Fifty people that were local to the town attended her funeral. And they didn't know what her religion was. And this is very 1960s, like white Christian-centric, but they didn't know what her religion was. So they actually had two services for her. They had one with a Catholic priest and one with a Protestant minister. Because they didn't oh. know. Which I thought was like oh. very thoughtful for the time. People would and not their do resources. That shit now. So they and then they buried her uh at a local cemetery that this that was owned either by the city or the county. So we're gonna fast forward a little bit of time. Uh not much happened until 2014 in this case because there were just a bunch of dead ends and no real information to go off of. So, a little bit of backstory there's an individual whose name is Todd Matthews, and he is the guy who established the Doe Network in 1999. And I don't know if you've ever just like been looking around online for cases or whatnot, come across the Doe Network.
1: I feel like I only know like the bare minimum. So I know so this he, sounds like I've never heard of it. I'm just like, so for people who don't know, him, uh, don't you explain it. No. But like for people who don't know, so don't you
0: explain he it. He started the Doe Network based off of a story that his wife told him about an unidentified woman that her father had actually found in either um Kansas or Kentucky. Sorry, not all K names, I know, but I'm sorry. Two cocktails in. It's Kansas or Kentucky. And so he, he was so um, moved by that story that he sort of made it his life's mission to identify a lot of these people that have been unidentified in the mm-hmm. United States. So he started the Doe Network. And basically, the idea was that you would match up. I'm sorry. I wish everyone could see the way that you're sitting right now to, to optimize not touching anything, including your own body. Okay, so don't Network. So, so to optimize missing people's report to match up missing people's reports and mm-hmm. unidentified bodies. That was the goal. So he ran that, and then in 2007, the Department of Justice established uh, NAMIS, National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, which wasn't until 2007, which I think is crazy when That's you think about it. Banana pants. That was the first federal system so there might have been other individual ones per state but that was the first overarching federal one so they had him run namus once it was established Mm -hmm. because he had this experience from establishing and running the doe network so in 2014 someone sent an email to him from a hotmail account which is how you know they were soups up on the technology that was super
1: on the level i definitely had like 20
0: burners (laughs) And this email account was registered in the Netherlands. And the person who wrote the email asked for a woman to be added to the Doe Network and to NamUs. And it said, there's an unidentified girl who's buried in Fairfield Cemetery in Pecos, Texas. She's not on the Doe Network or NamUs or anywhere. And I was wondering if she could be added. And the writer directed Todd Matthews to several news stories about the Roper motel drowning. So he went into NamUs, and with the identifying information that he could learn about the unidentified girl that they were calling Pecos Jane from articles that were available. And after he started looking at the case and realizing that her death certificate listed her as, quote-unquote, approximately 19... He realized that she could actually be younger than that. If you're saying approximately 19, there's a possibility she's younger. Oh, yeah. And so he turned to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which was started by John Walsh in 1984. And at some point, we'll have to cover that case because that case is fascinating and terrifying and all the things because they have a lot of other resources that he could tap into. Mm -hmm. So the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children called the police chief of Pecos, Texas, Lisa Tarango, another badass bitch. The sisters are doing it for themselves. It's a bad B club. That's the name right? of this episode. Bad B club. To ask if the Pecos police would consider reopening her case. So they were like, yes, let's do this, which I love it. Like in my head, it was like a, yes, it's on. we're doing this. They, they start, they're like, okay, we're going to reopen the case. So what's the first thing you got to do when you reopen the case, Katie? You got to find the case file.
1: They didn't have not have They didn't have, they
0: didn't case have the case file. <laughs> of course they didn't! <laughs> they couldn't find the case file. Um, they also didn't have a copy of her autopsy report. So they ha- they had to start over from scratch, which how it- sucks and is awful in a million ways. But also, when you think about it, how super really interesting is it that starting in 2014, you're like, I have to now go back and reinvestigate this thing that happened in 1966 with literally... Nothing. I got to start from scratch.
1: Was there any sort of excuses to why these things were missing slash non-existent? Like, oh, there was a flood, or da da da, or was it just like they're just gone?
0: I didn't see one. My guess is time. Yeah, I mean,
1: digits Yeah, I guess it's a long time. I guess time, it's- and,
0: and also that they were like, well, there's really no evidence that there's been a crime committed, like the guy took off accidental drowning right that was taking a a nap that the death certificate was accidental drowning so there's the the only crime i think they said they could think of was that like he didn't pay for the motel room in 1966 (laughs) and then he
1: he ran off which is like i mean
0: that's a jerk move but crime no
1: me i would assume oops i killed her and then i was hiding and then like he he (laughs) Because, like, he, everything he did was very much covering his tracks, like, give me this registration, right. like, da-da-da-da-da, but, like, we ought to also have the benefit of looking back on it, so... Right. I guess it wouldn't make any sense for there to be a police cover-up or some sort of, like, oops, the thing is missing
0: at this point, right. so and I not, have to... Not this po- not this one case, not this one time. Uh, so the Pecos, poli- the Pecos police are like, well, okay. So they had to start researching the case from accounts in local newspapers and Ugh. interviewing people and going to the funeral home luckily the funeral home actually had a file related to the pecos Jane Doe, so they had a copy of her death certificate they had copies of the expenses from the funeral they also Bless. had six color polaroids of this woman on the embalming table and her foot they didn't specify. That's a good question. They didn't specify that it was her foot, but they said ultimate. What they did say was that ultimately the Polaroids weren't leading them anywhere. Like it didn't give any new evidence, but they were like to go from we have absolutely nothing to now all of a sudden like here are Polaroid pictures of this unknown person. I think was was pretty. Oh yeah. Amazing. Also, to think that they were color Polaroids in 1966, like, and that's- they weren't
1: super super fucking degraded at that point. I
0: mean. that's that's amazing
1: a plus funeral home
0: um you're also a bad (laughs) beat. you are funeral home bad bees they also this is sad they also in the same file they had that's where they had put letters from families that were asking for information about this woman thinking that it might be someone that they were missing it was really sad but they didn't really have any tangible clues from what they could find to be able to take any positive steps towards identifying this person so they eventually reached out to someone whose name Mark Ingraham, who is a veteran forensic anthropologist. How the, how cool is that? A veteran forensic anthropologist at the University of North Texas Center for Human Identification in Denton, Texas. Look so, at that!
1: I don't know if you ever uh, watched Bones, but that was yeah. her. That yeah. was her title was from nice. an anthropologist nice. and uh lizards as a project that i never got started but i definitely i feel like reserved the tumblr <laughs> so bones and ncis both are supposed to take place in the dc area so i was motivated but never actually started or completed the project of starting a tumblr that was going to be like hire a fucking consultant about DC because both of these shows never once ever got anything right about the area <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, and it was just always so funny to to me as a local when like shit would be like completely wrong. Like the opening shot of Bones is her coming back from a dig somewhere. And you see the Washington Monument and you see an airport control tower and you see the plane landing. in. And the Chiron is Dulles International Airport. No
0: way. No, never, 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 never. And
1: Lizard's not from the area. Uh, Dulles is absolutely nowhere near D.C. It is in, deeply in Virginia. Not like deep like Richmond. (laughs) Deeply. But it is is like you're in Virginia for a while. Like you're, it's not like you could, depending on what angle you could maybe get the monument. Like no way. That was Reagan. They just got it completely wrong. And then there was also stuff where they'd get... From, like, Quantico to, like, Maryland in, like, 20 minutes. There was stuff, like, mm-hmm. um, they, discovered a, they discovered a body
0: at the Rock Creek Metro Station. Let me tell you, if anything involving Quantico, does not take 20 minutes. I don't care if you're coming from next door to Quantico, it does not take 20 minutes. It just,
1: it's like, it was, a, it, it's the type of stuff that, let's be honest, doesn't particularly matter. All someone had to do was fucking Google it.
0: You know what I mean. <laughs> Two thousand years later. So. Speaking of another point of geography, Katie, just to bring you back to Texas, okay, the University sorry. of North Texas is not in the Panhandle. It is in North Texas, <laughs> I just, which okay. is north I under- of Dallas. Is in Denton, Texas. So it's I about thirty miles north of Dallas.
1: Where the Panhandle is. Do you? I just, I if just I had a map and I brought it out. Would you be able to point to it? particularly after our huge discussion. Okay.
0: My, my
1: argument is only that why is it called a panhandle? It's why yeah. is that term being used when it doesn't look like a pan, unlike Florida and
0: Oklahoma, which could you know be what a pan. pan. 2,000 years later. So they reach out to this guy because they're like, this guy can help us. Yes. They ended up Exhuming her body in August of 2019. Wow, that's so recent. So recent. So once they exhumed her, um, they sent her skeleton to a lab in the Woodlands in Houston, which is a suburb of Houston, Texas. It's a super yeah. fancy place for fancies. It's super fancy place for fancies. Um, and there, they're a forensic examiner determined that the skeleton belonged to either a white or Hispanic woman between the ages of 15 and 18. So then they uploaded, uh, they did a DNA analysis, and they uploaded that information into the FBI's combined DNA index system. But of course, because that was established in the mid-1990s, there were no hits in that system. Okay, then they, they went to genetic genealogy, at a firm located in Virginia, so now a bunch of technical stuff happens. Okay, like if we are Wayne and Garth, we go do doo do 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 or it's like or it's, you know like happens. a
1: lot of a lot of like push in close ups of me typing, and it's like I'm
0: in. Yes, yes, you know? <laughs> yes. Lots of uh, molecules are going across the screen. Scientists in lab coats have. Mm, mm, yes. The, the, mm. the miracle computer from Bones yes. where they
1: reconstruct people. Yes, I exactly. really am bringing
0: up Bones a lot. I honestly don't mean to, but sure. like. Sure, okay. So, all the technical stuff happens. And then, magic, magic happens. They were able to find three siblings in Texas that were family members of this Jane Doe. Technically, they would have been, or are, the great-grandchildren of one of the Pecos Jane Doe's first cousins. Okay. And they're like, well, we could reach out to them. However, they're so far removed. First cousin, though. Well, they were like, here's what we can do now that we know who they are. We are going to do some more traditional genealogical work here to trace back the, the other branches of the family tree. And they eventually found this Kansas family of 15 children. And the team found 10 of the 15 kids were still alive. Several of them had Facebook Facebook accounts, one of which regularly posted about a sibling who was missing. So they said, ah-ha-ha. Ha. So in January, they literally, that's a that's a quote. They said, ah-ha-ha. Ah, ha, ha. Yeah. In their lab coats while, while with pencils pressed to their mouths. Ah-ha-ha. Ha. So in January 2021, the St. Petersburg Police Department in Florida went to Joyce Hemi's trailer and explained that they were there on behalf of the Pecos, Texas Police Department and then asked if she had a missing sibling. So wait, so Joyce is living in P- St.
1: Petersburg. That's why St. Yes. Petersburg is, yes. is involved at all. Okay, got it, yes. got it, got it, got it, got it.
0: Joyce, Saint bad bitch Joyce, yes, is living in St. Petersburg, Florida, and they the police come to the door Explain why they're there, and they asked her if she has a missing sibling. At which point, she breaks down into sobs, uh, says that she does, and provided um, a DNA swab, and that confirmed that that the Jane Doe was her missing sister, Jo Lane. So the siblings were just overcome because they're like, yeah, even though it happened 50 plus years ago, still now it just feels like it happened yesterday. But they were happy to know that she hadn't been. You know, tortured all this time or held captive somewhere, but still obviously sad and devastated, but happy to know where she was and what happened to her. Currently, her remains are still in the evidence room of the Pecos police station because they have to wait for the state to issue a new death certificate before they can release her remains to her family. But the plan then is that they'll cremate her and then take her ashes back to where her parents' gravesites are in uh, Salina, Kansas. So then her family, of course, they interview the family and they're like, well, the family obviously believes that she was murdered by yes. this man that she was with because they point out she couldn't swim. So why was she
1: in, in the, the pool, pool at all?
0: Right? By the pool, yes, but in the pool, no.
1: And why would he run and take right. the only idea? Like, that was calculated.
0: Well, and it, I mean, we can think this through. Like, he could have run because. There was a terrible accident, and he freaked out, and he ran. However, Sandy, our our other badass bee, she remembered there being some broken glass near the pool when she pulled out Jolaine. So she thought, had there been a fight, and did the boyfriend, now that she knows boyfriend, she was thinking husband, did he hit her on the head with a beer bottle and then push her into the pool? Mm-hmm. Or is that totally unrelated? But if he did it on purpose and hit her with a beer bottle and then pushed her in the pool and knew she couldn't swim, why wouldn't he just leave then? Like, why would he go back to the room and take a nap mm-hmm. and chill out? Like that doesn't make any sense either.
1: It's like his. So- it's like 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 his first thought was, "Oh, I'm I was taking a nap the whole time. I'm gonna go hide out here." And then like when it's like, "Oh, rut row." I'm gonna take this opportunity (laughs) to run I I don't I I mean Ollie doesn't agree either
0: no and Sandy of course being the bad bee she is still obviously deeply cares about this and she said for a long time whenever she was visiting Pecos she would go to her grave and she would bring her flowers and that she really felt like very down on herself for giving the man the registration card um she even like as an like now as an adult she was like I really shouldn't have done that Like Sandy. But like you did the most. You did the most You were fifteen. You were fifteen working, pulling women from the pool, giving them CPR. Dear Lord. Why like and
1: literally you had no reason to distrust him. Like again, I refer you back to me buying magazines.
0: But also (laughs) when think of like when I It's really easy
1: to believe people.
0: If I'm fifteen and someone that I believe to be in a position of authority is telling me to do something, and in that point you are working at your grandparents' motel and a guest is saying they need this thing. Hell yes, I would have gotten them this thing. Because yeah. you're just like, yes. Like, of course. You're she's clearly just trying to help out however she thought that she physically possibly could. So that just made me sad that Sandy was still yeah. so Sandy, down on herself. D. You're
1: a bad D, Sandy. Don't worry about it. Right.
0: Right. So I was so happy that they were actually able to find out who this person was and give her Mm -hmm. back to her family. I still don't know about the foot and the writing. That's fucking weird. And also, who was this dude? Who was this dude? Was was, this
1: dude the boyfriend, or is this a different dude, you know? Had
0: had they been to Las Vegas? They're like, how did they? It's a weird place for them to end up, basically. They're like... They could have gone to Vegas and then been on their way back like but they they don't know. And it's they like- did check the Vegas uh Vegas wedding certificates, but they didn't have either the fake names they gave or their real her real name mm-hmm. on any wedding certificates in Vegas. So it's not like they ran to Vegas and got married.
1: Well, and it's like if she's just like chilling by the pool, it's not like without him. Mm -hmm. it's not like she's actively trying to escape or being like hey can you buy me a soda and also i'm being held against my will like like it's (laughs) she didn't look like she was in distress right so it's Mm -hmm. just sort of like was it like you said before was it they got in a fight this was the thing and then he runs um Mm -hmm. you know like there's so many things it could be it's you know and and again if she was in distress and wasn't fighting that's not on her she was doing what she had to do to survive so you know if if she was just like trying to play it cool and and like go along so that he right. didn't do anything to her um but also they not- were
0: both so young sandy being 15 mm-hmm. she thought that this was like an older married woman but she was only 17 i mean yeah. geez so Yikes. young
1: so we, so there's like, so we don't know who the dude is.
0: Mm-mm. They say if he's still alive, he would be in his eighties now.
1: Ah, yikes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's like, and there was the time when Joyce was like, no, thank you. I'm not going to go out with you. So it's like, so no one ever in the family ever saw this guy,
0: she said that she had seen him a few times, Okay, but just didn't know his name or really much about him. Which she knew him a few times because she could see that he wasn't treating her well, but
1: oh right, right, right. So it's just like, but like, what she you know like if someone said like blonde crew cut, like not that people can't right. dye their hair or whatever, but like, right, obviously. Uh, <laughs> lizards, I just gestured to my own hair because I am a dirty blonde, and it has not been dirty blonde in uh, since I was in eighth grade.
0: So <laughs> it's looking fine.
1: Thank you. I feel like this is genetics messed up on this front. On many fronts, let's be honest. I have a messed up skeleton.
0: My teeth, man. My teeth. I swear.
1: I have zero eyebrows. I have minimal <laughs> eyebrows. These are all drawn on. Not zero,
0: because I mean.
1: Okay, I have, of the eyebrow that you see, I'd say 40% of it is actual eyebrow.
0: You know, in the '90s, I felt like, or I guess not really '90s in in the early 2000s, I felt like I was so lucky because I didn't you have know, to pluck my brows. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: I don't think my brows were ever like super like fluffy, bushy, and I never had anything mm-hmm. approaching a unibrow. But I do remember like getting the agency to try and like pluck flyaways and over plucking to the point of my mom going, "Did something to your eyebrows, did you?" And I was like, "Yeah." Oh, do you no. like it? And she was like. Looks good. Oh no! Um, and and then for many many moons, I didn't understand that filling in eyebrows was a thing, so I just had these like faint eyebrows. And then also, I've dyed my hair black or at least dark brown since eighth grade, so I had these not light like my eyebrows are not blonde, but my eyebrows are not. They black were also not either. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I would have these like lighter, very thin eyebrows. So I don't gorgeous, think it was like gorgeous. I I over I don't think I over plucked them to the point of being so thin. I think this is naturally where they were headed. I do think this whole front part that I draw in would be there <laughs> if I were it not same. for me going like
0: no no you never same. same and also one side this front. side doesn't have as much there as this side did which I'm like how two thousand years later makeup corner complete. This was a fascinating story. Isn't it interesting? I, I'm just beyond myself wanting to know about her foot. Yeah, like, that's such a, like, if it's her, it was it, like, she
1: was just, like, trying to be vague to, like, not set him off? But then, but then we think about the fact,
0: she was 17, and, like, a teenager. My kids write on themselves all the time. But also on the bottom of your foot. Like, you don't want anybody to see that.
1: Right! Like, so it's just sort of, like, maybe she, like, spelled it weird- just in case, like, he saw it and she could just be like, I was just doodling, but she was trying right. to point people in the right direction? Or
0: was it a joke? I don't know.
1: I don't oh know, you know, goodness. were they just
0: joking around? It maybe it meant absolutely nothing, and now we're sitting here 50-plus years later, like, what was it?
1: because, right, like, maybe if she did Joe and then Lane, like, L-A-N-E, it was too close. Like, I, who knows, man? Like, I it, again, Croatoan, like, what the hell? Like, what? Yeah. who's thinking...
0: Wow. But it had had a half happy ending, so I thought it was a good one to go with. But there is still a mystery. But wow, what a great story. Right? Right? And Texas Monthly, man, they've got the goods. They have got the goods. Who knew?
1: And. You did estimate it would take you an hour and a half, my friend. I have told I am <laughs> glad to tell you it took you about an hour if you take out like oh. a, and if I didn't go off about bones or eyebrows, it would have been a tight fifty. I mean so that, was, that was what I spent gonna... the majority
0: of my work day on
1: today. So Lizards. Tell us what you think about this. We uh you know, we we can find us on Instagram and Twitter mostly instagram i just co-post (laughs) things on twitter because like whatever fucking twitter man twitter is a garbage heap or Mm. a place where you find good memes like that's where i that's
0: one it's it's one or the other but nothing in between Uh, but mostly mostly on
1: instagram at wine times pod or at our individual accounts i am at katie haas uh, M.M. is at True Crime Wine 69. Thank you, as always, to Chris Hansen. So let us know what you think. We'll have a post, at least one, for this episode. So what do you think? What do you think the foot message means? Like, are you also, like, what is Crow Witch? Like, it, it just remind like, I don't know why my mind is, like, this is, like, the yeah. Roanoke settlers that disappear. Like, Did, it's did just, you
0: have a, a shitty romantic partner at age 17 that your family warned you about? I mean, age 17, friends. <laughs> fucking age 35 you know unfortunately i feel like we w- between the two of us we could probably write a book about how to deal with toxic shitty people that um but let's just pass facebook the wisdom down. you
1: that facebook message
0: you randomly yes 10 years later Fuck, weird yeah. <laughs> so let's just pass the wisdom on to the younger generation find some cool
1: aged millennial ants. like perhaps <laughs> a geriatric us. millennial yes. and we will be your awesome aged millennial ants. and we will hate them for you while you work on yourself live and, your best life you know best revenge is success mm-hmm. and da mm-hmm. da 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 we'll hate them for yes, you yes anytime
0: so that is our side hustle mm-hmm. um <laughs> You can pay me to hate people, that's fine. Or just not even, no, I'm joking about the paper. I do it for free. <laughs> uh...